The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is a show that champions entrepreneurs and startups early stage companies, in fact, all small businesses, and it's heard around the world. I want to thank you for making us the number one show on business anywhere on the planet for entrepreneurs. We had a fantastic response to last week's show where I discussed how the sponsors and advertisers of the Super Bowl performed. While I thought Pepsi did a great job of leveraging their sponsorship of the halftime show, I thought most of the ads while entertaining, did not achieve the main function of advertising, which is to sell product, sell people stuff. And I think if you're paying $4 million for a 30-second ad, you want to make sure that you sell a lot of product. You know, people say to me, yeah, but it's all about awareness. You know, awareness doesn't mean anything. I remember a few years ago, the Super Bowl, there were 17 companies um, who were part of the dot-com boom who advertised on the Super Bowl. So 120 million people saw these 17 companies. Within six months, not one of them was still in business because while people knew who the hell they were, nobody bought their stuff. So spending $4 million is one thing. Getting a return on it is something else. I also said last week that Beyonce, Destiny's Child and the team of dancers were sensational, with leather and lace being very hard to beat. But I also asked if anybody could remember those totally nondescript songs. In my opinion, the show, while it was okay, was not in the same league as the incredible show by Madonna, which is the best thing that I've ever seen, or Michael Jackson or Paul McCartney, U2 or Rolling Stones or a whole bunch of the others who were much, much better. So, um, but I copped a bit of flack, but I also had a hell of a lot of people agree with me. Uh, like this one. Bob, no close, no class is right. This was just a tits and ass show. She hardly sang. She sang one verse and danced the rest. Is she a dancer or a singer? So boring. She stinks. Bring back Bruce, Springsteen, I guess, Aerosmith, or anybody that has more talent. And then I got another one. Beyonce, so pretty and very talented as well. But what happened to having class? There's so much more 
uproar over Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction, but how is that any worse than the stripper dancing that was the halftime show last night? It's no wonder we have so many problems with our kids when they are shown over and over that it's sexy to be trashy. I hate to take away from Beyonce because I think she's great, but I was really disappointed in the show at the Super Bowl. And yet another one. As soon as she started grinding and flinging that wig around, now I'm not sure that it is a wig, but I don't know, I turned the channel. It's the same old show with her. And from what I listened to, she didn't sing as much as she yelled. So that was pretty representative of the um, comments that were received. I also said that advertising is about selling people stuff and therefore the return on investment from Super Bowl ads is very important. I also said that I thought the ROI of most of them would be pretty pathetic. Forbes magazine backed me up saying, we agree that tying ROI to marketing efforts is important. Our CNBC Collective Intellect Super Sunday ad tracker, that's a mouthful, is part of our effort to tie the bang to the buck. Our dashboard ranks each brand based on the sum of key social indicators like funny, viewing intent, offensive, etc. It goes beyond measuring buzz to track how an ad is influencing consumer behaviour, specifically around viewing intent or purchase language. So, the most effective ads based on the ACE score, the measure of ad creative effectiveness based on scoring, it's out of a scale of 1 to 950 and the most effective ads all scoring in the mid 600s which is still pretty lousy out of 950 were Budweiser Brotherhood that's the one where you named the fold at the end which I thought was cute but didn't do anything to sell beer then the American Dairy Association's morning run Coca-Cola's security camera and Doritos goat and there wasn't really a lot of difference between those four. The worst ads scoring in the high 300s, bearing in mind this is out of 950, were Kelvin Klein and the two GoDaddy ads. So overall, my critiques from last week were pretty good. Would have passed the Forbes test. So how many ads did you think passed those thresholds? I also said in the program last week that the GoDaddy beauty and the nerd spot with that slurping kiss was enough to spend a, send 100 million people to the bathroom to throw up. In fact, I said <laughs> the beauty kissing the goat from the Doritos commercial would probably have been less offensive. I actually did get a fair bit of flack from that. Somehow, the beauty with the goat didn't sort of resonate with a lot of people. <laughs> However, some people agreed with me. Lois Keller of the Lois Keller Marketing Group said, GoDaddy's advertisement has always been a turn-off. This year's Super Bowl ad was just plain offensive. So if you thought my comment was offensive, we thought the ad was offensive. However, being fair, the Monday following the Super Bowl, GoDaddy had their best sales day ever. <laughs> I don't know. I give up. But I think um, having one good sales day uh, 
was it big enough to pay for the ad? Is it going to continue? How much would they have got if they had have had a less offensive ad? However, you know, I had my share of detractors like this one that I got. Bob, you are a moron. <laughs> Your criticism of the farm ad with Paul Harvey was just ridiculous. It was very moving and absolutely brilliant. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, that could well be true. But um, my point was that a couple of seconds of Dodge Ram at the end does not trigger recall later and does not sell trucks. I asked a few people if they knew who the ad was for. They remembered the ad but didn't have a clue that it was for Dodge Ram. Um, and if you compare that with Jeep, I think Jeep did a pretty good job. Now, as we all know, the Baltimore Ravens just beat the 49ers to win Super Bowl 47 in a game that came down to the final seconds. But online, the social network showdown belonged to Twitter in a dominating win over Facebook, Google+, and all other social networks. Twitter was mentioned in 26 of the 52 TV commercials. That's 50% of the spots that aired during CBS's game coverage. Facebook was mentioned in only four, about 8% of ads, and Google Plus, which is reportable, re reportedly the number two social network in the world, was not mentioned at all. YouTube and Instagram were even mentioned once each by Hyundai and Oreo, respective. Okay, that's enough of Super Bowl this year. We'll... Um, won't comment on it again till next year, and we'll do it all over again. So let's change the subject. There are now officially more mobile phones in the world than there are people. That's not surprising. I have three, and a lot of people I know have multiple numbers. But um, the result of this is that all of the research suggests that mobile commerce, commerce is set to really explode. When you think about it, shoppers carry mobile devices everywhere they go, 24-7, 365 days a year. And they're already using their phones to redeem coupons, research products, and pay for things online and offline. And with mobile, it's now possible to track an individual from the very first intention to shop for an item to the actual purchase at point of sale. A recent report from BI Intelligence analysed the state of the mobile commerce opportunities in dollar terms and examined how some of the top mobile commerce trends, including mobile payments, tablet commerce and social local mobile marketing, are contributing to a big increase in mobile commerce. So what do we need to know about mobile shopping? Firstly... Mobile, mobile commerce is big and it's getting one hell of a lot bigger and very quickly. 29% of America's 150 million smartphone users have already used their smartphones to make a purchase. That's 29%. That's 50 million smartphones being used to make a purchase. Mobile sales were up 6.6% of Cyber Monday sales, e-commerce sales in 2011, up from 3.9% in 2010. That's nearly doubling. Bank of America 
predicts 67 billion in revenue from smartphone and tablet retail purchasing by 2015. Many other statistics, such as year-on-year quadrupling in traffic from tablet from tablet visitors to retail websites, suggests that mobile commerce is going to continue to really boom. Of course, mobile payment solutions will help drive smartphone retail growth. Mobile payments are about it's the extra value that can re, can be created as a direct link between brands and consumers. That's the direction being taken by Passbook, which sidestep payments to start with coupons, loyalty rewards and ticketing. Established mobile payment players, such as, I guess, Square, Google Wallet, are building on transactional solutions to offer shopping-related services. There's also been a huge increase in tablet usage. Now, we know that consumers use their tablets to research purchases, but tablets are also being used to complete purchases, much more so than smartphones. Tablets drive more traffic to online retailers than smartphones, and tablet consumers spend more per transaction than PC-based shoppers. With tablet sales set to explode in the next coming few years, this trend is only going to increase and faster and faster. With consumers using tablets and smartphones 24-7, 365, and almost always having them with them, the nature of mobile makes it uniquely attractive to marketers. People also look at their smartphones, you're not going to believe this, but people look at their smartphones smartphones and average of more than 150 times a day. That's once every six minutes that they're awake. Once every six minutes they look at their mobile. What a, an incredible marketing tool that is. And commerce has always struggled with two basic challenges. Increasing traffic and influencing shopping decisions just as the consumer's about to buy get them when they're just about to spend their money. Now, with location targeting, shoppers can be enticed into stores for items they're in the market for. With in-store mobile marketing, an indecisive consumer can be steered towards a specific brand or product right then, right there, as they're going to buy. And, of course, there are a host of new apps in the pipeline to help consumers to shop. From phones where simply taking a photo on your smartphone triggers a list of where you can buy the product and the comparative costs, to phones that will interact with your television program and advertising slots and also tell you where to buy and at what cost. And these are just the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's a whole host of driving retail apps like Isle Buyer, Booyah, My Town, eBay Marketing, um, Google Shopper. Point Inside, Shopkick, and Wear Deal Alerts, to name just a few of them. There is a stack of them. You should check them out. Incidentally, if you miss writing it down while I'm speaking, you can go to the archives and listen to the program again and get um, and get all the details. So don't forget to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and let me know what you think. 
And don't forget that this program is all about you, the entrepreneur, the small business person that's looking for tips on how to be more successful. This is the sole reason we are here. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. This whole show is dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs. So if you've got a question, don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer it on air or we'll email you directly. My guest after the break is David Goldman. He's a um, met- member of Metal, which I'm a member of, a phenomenal organisation, if you happen to be in Los Angeles. And he's founder of Comedy Time, the market leader in the production and distribution of premium short-form comedy content for mobile, broadband, cable, satellite and IPTV. He's a great guy. You'll like the interview a lot. I'm Bob Pritchard and I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, the number one show in the world for entrepreneurs, in just a couple of moments. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the segment of the show where we, we speak to people who have been extraordinarily successful doing things that are unusual and different, for most of us anyway. We find out what it is about them that makes them tick and what we can do to emulate their success. My guest today is David Goldman. David's currently the CEO and founder of Comedy Time, which is a multi-platform comedy network that began as the comedy channel for Sprint TV in 2004. Under David's leadership, Comedy Time has become a market leader in the production and distribution of premium short-form comedy content for mobile, broadband, cable, satellite and IPTV services. The company also produced over 200 half-hour episodes for various cable networks and for Hulu. In addition to the main Comedy Time brand, David's created vertical brands aimed at women, Latinos, Asians and urban audiences. Now prior to 
forming Comedy Time. David was Senior Vice President of Motion Pictures of both William Morris Agency and ICM. They're the two big boys in the world, for those who don't know, representing such talent as Will Smith, Mick Jagger, Billy Idol and the Beach Boys. At the William Morris Agency, David ran the Motion Picture Director's Division. He also produced the sitcom One on One for Paramount Television and UPN, the movie Alibi for Viacom Television and ABC, and numerous live comedy tapings for AOL. It's fair to say that David's got one hell of a resume and is enormously successful in comedy. Hi, David. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Thanks, Bob. Nice to be here. Uh, You were once an attorney. Now, doesn't seem to me that there's too much fun in that. Uh, uh, no, not a lot of laughs. That's why I got out of it. Are you a funny? Are you a funny guy? Uh, I'd say I've got a sense of humor. I've never been a stand-up comic, but uh, I can be funny in a room with a few friends after uh, a few, few drinks. drinks. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I knew. You were. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> what is comedy time? Well, comedy time is a uh, made-for-digital comedy network uh, that uh, we're building up as what I would call an alternative network. There's already uh, a major comedy channel that's on cable here in the United States. And we we started out, we we were made-for-digital. You know, we started as a comedy channel for Sprint, which is one of the big carriers here in the U.S., as you mentioned. And... What was shocking was that um, within three weeks of launching Comedy Time, uh, we launched with as one of 35 brands. We were the second most popular channel in the offering, beating out uh, much larger brands, uh, including uh, the Discovery Channel, the Learning Channel, uh, back then Fox Sports, uh, the news channels like MSNBC and CNBC. And uh, it just seemed to me that, uh, you know, maybe we were on to something. People really enjoyed watching comedy on the go. Yeah. And um, I seemed to be in the right place at the right time. So um, I just went for it and, and decided to build this thing out. Yeah, it's short bot comedy, right? It's Yes, mostly. We started out that way, certainly. And that's still the preponderance of what we do, but... As the um, you know the pipes have improved and you know broadband sure. is more prevalent, we we've done um, some longer stuff, but um, most of it, our longer stuff, is really geared towards cable television. Yeah, the popularity is that because you know people um, spend enough time getting news on their on their um, computers or their or their tablets, and they also get a, a lot of news on their. TV, uh, is it because people want to get away from all that heavy shit and just laugh? Uh, yes, I would say I would say that's it. You know, and if you have, you know, if you're waiting around, uh, you know, for your for your wife at a restaurant, uh, if you're late and have a few minutes, or, or a business associate, you know, um, in two and a half minutes, you can have a very entertaining from beginning to end experience and yeah. get a few laughs and. Well, people really enjoy it, and um, you know, one of the things too that's interesting is we have an eight and a half minute watch time on mobile devices, right? Which is 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 very high. I mean, that that figure came off of the phone, so it was um, it, it's it doesn't necessarily cover like the uh, the iPad, which where people watch longer. So sure. it's, it, it's pretty 
incredible, but I, I think part of it is um, everybody knows there's something else coming up. I mean, they may be loving what they're seeing, but if not, you know, the, there's another thing coming up, and they're anxious to see what that is. And, um, you know, some people, uh, I mean, we've gotten letters. They, they have our channel on all day at the office. Yeah. Just kind of watching stuff as it, as it goes, because uh, we're, we're in a... Uh, we're, we're we're on a loop on um, some of the mobile carriers, so it's it streams continuously, like it looks like television. So yeah. they just keep it on. So do you have, um, how do you segment your audiences, or do you have fairly broad um, appeal comedy that um, um, anybody can watch? Well, we think that anybody will get it. You know, uh, yeah. there's. Nothing that is like so inside or so specific that um, you know if you're not living under a rock you won't understand. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, so so it's like we do segment because sometimes people like to watch things spe- specific to them. They find it funny when sure. they invent them. So you know we started uh, and it's the only you know, women's comedy vertical that I'm aware of in video where we have comedy that is just aimed at women. And um, and there's a little difference in women's humor, although, you know, funnily enough, guys tune into it too and get it and uh, has a pretty good male audience as well. But but it's called a, it's called Chick Comedy. That's our women's brand. And right. it's, you know, like Chick Flicks. Chick yeah, Flicks. sure, sure. Uh, and it's women, mostly women creating comedy. Uh, for women and yeah. talking about you know women's experiences that are you know very relatable whether it's dating motherhood uh, you, you know fashion sure. um, you, you know the kind of things that <laughs> women can really relate to because um, the truth is funny yeah the truth is funny and women I found just from personal living experience that women do have quite a different sense of humor than men often <laughs> that is very true and some of the stuff we found some of the male stuff which uh, you know might be uh, in some instances uh, you, you know it's kind of fraternity type of humor that that, that women uh, might find degrading to women or yeah. just they're not going to appreciate. Um, sure. You know, in, in the pure male, you know, um, like we, like Comedy Time initially was, was very much um, a male brand. It was created for um, mobile and the Internet. It was very, very early on, and it was mostly male-driven. Um, so we felt like this some of the stuff could should really have its own place, you know, because we didn't want to burden women with all the, uh, you know, the, the sex and farting jokes that guys might uh, yeah. really appreciate, you know. Yeah. So so we segmented it. And we find, I mean, some of our most viral videos are aimed at women. Women seem to open up their whole address book to, uh, their, their, to their friends for something that they really like and send it out. And uh, so we have a video, um, we have a video called Nail Salon by Angela Johnson that's done 30 million views. And wow. Everything and it's made, it made her a star. Actually, she became a star on Comedy Time. Sure. That is your audience still predominantly male. Well, we have a large male following, but I think I think it's evened out quite a bit because there's a big presence. Uh, there's a, a a much larger presence of women now uh, online and uh, on mobile, 
And, uh, you know, a couple other verticals I just wanted to mention. Well, you, you'd mentioned them like, actually at the beginning, but our lead, uh, we have a Latino-themed vertical because that's a big yeah. population. And uh, growing rapidly. And growing rapidly. And, um, you know, we have a, a, an urban vertical as well, um, which, you know, kind of sort of has more of a hip-hop flavor and more sure. of, you know, a um, street vibe. Yeah. And... Um, and because there's so many talented comics that speak to that audience, you sure. know, um, yeah, we we felt that that easily segmented as well. So um, anyway, uh, that's what we've got so far. You know, we've actually been been teeing up a couple of other verticals, but they haven't launched yet. So you've made your living making other people laugh um, in a pretty serious world. That must be satisfying. Do you find that in times of Tension, um, your viewership increases. I mean, if there's a uh, a major problem um, on the planet, do do your um, uh, viewerships take a take a hike? Well, you know, if there was like a major problem, like uh, you know, that's that's like currently in the news. The news yeah. channels are going to take over. But when there's something like the economy, yeah. which is just lingering. Um, <laughs> Yeah, comedy comedy does very well, yeah. and um, people do need a laugh, and they do need, they need to get cheered up. And you know, comedy is like music; it's very much about what's going on now yeah. in the uh, universal consciousness. So, you know, people are going to you know celebrate with other people, and you know, in in terms of comedy, lament uh, in a funny way. You know, um, social commentary. Um, it, it's all there, you know, and um, some people even get their news that way. Uh, well, although... <laughs> that's true. I mean, you've, you've only got to look at Colbert and, and Stewart. That, that exactly. They and it's it's it makes the news interesting and entertaining, and it's funny. Well, most of the news is pretty funny anyway, particularly the political news. Um, true. <laughs> which gets more hysterical by the day. So. <laughs> So you went to bed one night, and at 3 o'clock in the morning you woke up, you couldn't sleep, and you thought, wow, I might start a comedy channel, that comedy time. That sounds like a great idea. Is that how it happened? Not quite. I <laughs> wish I was such a visionary. Um, you know, sometimes I often say life chooses you, you don't choose life. Yeah, that's true. And what, what, what happened was um, prior to this incarnation, I had a talent management company, and we specialized in comedy. And we also produced uh, television, and uh, yeah. we were under deals with both 20th Century Fox Television initially for three years, and then subsequently with uh, ABC Disney. Yeah. And along the way, I be I was very interested in breaking into the digital space, and through a series of circumstances, I got an opportunity to work with AOL right. and became their largest original comedy content provider at the time. And when Sprint was launching video on the phones, they did not have a comedy. They aggregated a bunch of channels. They could not get Comedy Central, which is the big comedy channel sure. here. Yep. And they, but they felt they needed a comedy channel. And they saw what I'd been doing for AOL. The, the consultant did, and he hired. He called me and then said, uh, hey, "Do you think you could create a comedy channel for for Sprint? You know, we're going to launch video on the phones." And uh, I said, "Okay." You know, it was all really new. Nobody ever even seen video on the phones yet. Sure. And so 
so I took on the challenge. But what I did see was the opportunity, uh, and that part, uh, you know, we we I did have the vision for it, and for better or worse, jumped in up to my ears, and you know, kind of sold. I sold my last business, got out of it because I, I wanted to pursue this full time. Yeah, and um, you know that's what we've been doing. Well, I've got to say, with 1.4 cell phones for every person on the planet. That was a bloody good choice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it turned out to be good choice. Now, just for those people out there that are comics and think they're as funny as hell, um, how do you go about getting your material? I mean, if, if somebody's out there and they really are a good comic and they're funny and they think that they've got something interesting, how do they go about getting themselves on air? What's, what's your tip for, you know, both as a talent agent and also, um, with with your um, comedy time, what's your tip for those people? Well, with uh, with us, you know, you can send a link to info at comedy time and just indicate your desire to be a part of comedy time because we do we do take up and comers. I mean, it's not it's not for amateurs, but sure. you have to you know have a, a you know a, a certain level of professionalism but we've caught a lot of people on the way up including Chelsea Handler and Lisa Lanelli and Whitney Cummings I love um, Chelsea yeah, Handler I think Chelsea yeah, Handler is sensational I just love her I love her too we even did an original show with her called The Inappropriate Boss which is available if you just google it uh, okay. Inappropriate Boss Comedy Time and we did a series with her I, the, minute, the minute I saw her, she did stand up for us. I just said, you know, she is fantastic. She is fantastic. I agree. I love her. Um, so, so we're always looking for, for, for talented people to uh, kind of break, if you will. I mentioned how Angela Johnson, who literally only had about five minutes of comedy to her name, she was really an actress, um, you know, when she worked for us. But, you know, she went viral and became a big star, and every club in the country wanted her, and she actually didn't have enough material. To, um, to do headlines, so yeah. she would kind of host, but she was the one who was selling the tickets. People were coming out to see her. So uh, anyway, that's a long way of saying just send your tape to um, your link to your uh, your material, your your set. A lot we have to look at something to info at comedy time. Okay, uh, great. TV. Great. Now with the pretty drastic changes in media viewing. Um, you know, the focus on mobile, I guess, in particular, but also, um, you know, it's only a matter of time before tablets replace laptops and whatever. Where where does comedy time go from here? What's 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 next? Well, next is, um, you know, any time, I mean, the beauty of what we do is that wherever there's a platform, uh, we can be there. Right. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, over-the-top set-top boxes. That's kind of like a new craze. Yeah. Uh, if you're familiar with the Roku box or... Yeah. Um, you know, when Nick here now has uh, a box as well. Um, and uh, then, of course, you know, there's, there's, there's the uh, Netflix or, or, or we've been on Xbox as well. You know, we've done programming for Xbox. Oh, uh, okay. So there's ways of getting into people's homes where you don't have to go through... Uh, networks or or, um, or cable operators to be on the big screen, and so we're we're doing a lot of that. Um, we are also backing into traditional um, 
media, which is still, you know, still a lot of, uh, even though the future is all digital, there's still currently a lot of money to be made in traditional, and so we've been doing shows for cable, and we've also been, um, we'll see if it happens, um, but we're in negotiations right now to actually have uh, how many time in cable homes. We're already on Fios. Okay, yeah. Um, but we've, uh, which is in homes, we're also uh, making a deal that could put us in, if it goes through, uh, many, many more homes, you know, really would make us very substantial. So that's one um that's one thing in the future is also the digital broadcasts um, spectrum, which uh, is also carrying channels now. And we've been uh, we've been into that situation for for quite a while. We want to be you know we want to be available in a twenty four seven way in people's homes. So that's uh, you know that's that's one element. Um, Does this proliferation of vehicles make it harder for you to? Um, target what sort of material you're going to use and, and to be more profitable or does it make it easier? Well, you know, if you take the network model, it's sort of like, you know, the idea is a standardization of the brand. So yep. the, the, the comedy is what it is. The programming uh, more or less will be what it will be. But the idea is to take that and put it as many places as possible and that's how you scale. Because every time you place it somewhere new, that's a new revenue stream. Do you need to shoot differently um, for um, for cell phones, for example, than you would with for um, regular broader screen applications? Yes, yes, and yes. Um, and that's a pain we, in the uh, ass, first, right? <laughs> uh, well, it, it, you know, it's it's interesting because you know we started on mobile, and it was a big issue back then because. I, I could not find directors. You know, we were mostly, you know, getting you know, kids out of film school or we had yeah. some commercial directors, but nobody could seem to understand how small the screen was. Yeah, sure. So I started actually doing it myself because I just got tired of arguing, but I used to have a monitor. I literally had like a, um, like a little, you know, sort of like two by two, I think it was, the size of a cell phone. Right. So that I could look, in addition to the regular monitor, I could look on a small screen and see what it would look like. Because it's really important, you know, that, that, that people see what's going on as well as, you know, as well as here. Um, so we do that and we try and get, you know, the wider coverage as well for other applications. Um, uh, but we have some stuff, I and mean, we have some stuff. It's funny that you know it's, it's, it's shot close up, which you know people will be able to see on on mobile, but they'll also be able to see on their television screen. It's just you know it's closer. That's all. But but sure. there's a lot of a lot of that on TV anyway. Do I assume from what you're saying that um, uh, all that, but all the requirement for all genre of entertainment is increasing across all these vehicles, or is comedy um, accelerating ahead of short dramas or all the other applications, that, all the other types of um, shows? There's a well, booming comedy, comedy. Is, comedy is a top category. I mean, comedy and news are sort of like neck and neck, you know, in terms yeah. of... Um, digital media in terms of, um, you know, uh, online, mobile, um, those are just 
they're they're popular applications. Sure. Yeah. But in this in this world we're in, there is a space, there is there is a place for everything. Yeah. To be seen. Sure. People, you know, they love all kinds of niche content. And, um, you know, you see, I, I, we, we have a massive distribution footprint. And sort of one of the next things we've been expanding into, once again, it shows us. We didn't choose it. But, you know, so many content owners have asked if we would distribute their content for sure. them. So yeah, that makes sense. we are expanding into the, you know, so we're expanding into third-party distribute, distribution of third-party content. And... Um, that content's not necessarily all going to be comedy. Um, our, our network will always be comedy, but, but yep. you know, in terms of providing services, we're going to be distributing other things as well. What about overseas, international? We have done uh, quite a few deals internationally, um, and um, I mean, we currently provide content to uh, you know a big provider in Japan. We um, have sold. Content to Latvia. We have. I mean, I'm just trying to think of obscure, you know, places you might not expect. Parts yeah. of Africa. Um, we we were on all five phone carriers in the UK at one point. Um, so is that a focus? International distribution. It, it is. It is a focus. Uh, we've been offered many many deals out of India and and other places, um, China. You know the problem is policing these deals, yeah, and yeah, I understand. Also, and, and getting paid. Yeah, you know, so, I understand um, that too. <laughs> you know, in, even in your in your native Australia, we were doing quite well on the phones, but really, but the the uh, party that that brokered it um, was not paying us. We were seeing great numbers. Yeah, uh, but. Well, you know, we we weren't getting it directly from uh, from from the, the the one who was broadcasting. And well, so, um, Australia's heritage, you know, as you know, is probably it was convicts. I mean, that should have given you a clue. And what in, in places like India, I think that's just a way of doing business. Yeah, a lot from, of it is. My Indian, my Indian friends tell me that. Yeah, that's true. So, what's the future of digital entertainment? Where's it? Where's it going to go? Well, the future, you know, the future of digital entertainment, quite frankly, is that we're going to have to start sort of. Having more curation, more channelization, more closed gardens. The YouTube idea is, you know, it's great that everybody yep. can put stuff up, but most of it you don't want to see. Yep. And you know, the next the next step is going to be um, some sort of a mechanism for, uh, like like for example, Hulu does not take everything. You you know, they right. they, they have a, you know, they have. Very few content partners, relatively speaking, you know. Uh, you have to, they have to say, yeah, this is what we want people to see on Hulu because we've got major networks like ABC and Disney. I'm sorry, ABC, Disney, and um, NBC, and uh, Fox, you know. And, yep. and, and so we're not just going to let anybody put anything up there. And that's really what I think you're going to be seeing more and more of. Uh, and there's, there's going to be offerings where you know 
that this stuff is a certain level of quality and you know sort of what what goes on on cable and on network television um, that that aspect so it's a healthy future to happen now no it's a very healthy future you're going to see advertising get a lot more robust we still don't have really good reporting mechanisms um you know, advertisers need to see a lot of statistics before yeah, they, they jump in. That's right. And so, um, you know, once those measuring um, services develop, uh, it's going to be, you know, higher um, higher amounts paid by advertisers. Um, you know, we're going to see a lot more platforms. I was just reading about the... Uh, Apple making an iWatch, you know, and yeah. I'm sure you'll get uh, all your, you know, you'll be able to get your video there. I mean, for us, we're platform agnostic, you know. Yep. Wh- whatever comes up, they're you going can... to need content because nobody watches technology. Yeah. So true. Dave... You know, when it happens, we'll be there. Good, David. Thanks very much for being our guest tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, what a great job making people laugh. That's really cool. Now, that's a really interesting profession, I reckon. If you'd like to know more about David and Comedy Time, go to comedytime.tv. David, I'll catch you in the next couple of weeks at Metal, and uh, I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show in just a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, no bullshit radio show. Coming to you this week from Sydney, where I've been for a couple of days, and uh, I've got to get a flight back to LA at the weekend. But um, I'm enjoying my little bolt hole on Sydney Harbour. One thing that I love about speaking about business all over the world and at the last count, I, I think it's 53 countries that I've spoken in, is that, you know, during question time, no matter where you are, the questions are the same. 
So I'll ask for questions. Business people stand up and they always ask the same questions, whether they ask it in, in Russian or, um, French or English. I think this is the reason the Bob Pritchard radio show has become popular globally because the advice and expertise that we give you each week is down to earth. It's simple to understand and it relates to every business, whether you're large or small, whether you're a startup or whether you're mature. My first email today is from John Twizzle from G3 Investments in Hamilton, New Zealand. John's email reads, Dear Bob, and he's referring to the um, program I did a couple of weeks ago about emotion being critical in business. And he said, Dear Bob, at last, someone who makes sense. That decisions are made emotionally and then justified pragmatically is totally right irrespective of how good a product or service is or how much potential synergy exists between two organisations, nothing, and in brackets he's got but nothing, happens unless a rapport is established between the individuals who are doing the buying and selling or the interfacing between companies and organisations. Just think of the lost opportunities between companies just because the individual in each company didn't get along. Everything from social intercourse to business at all levels comes down to two things, personalities and relationships. And then in brackets again, he's got without getting too warm and fuzzy about it, close brackets. I believe that so much can be achieved just by having the empathy that you mentioned. To me, that means having respect for the other person and seeing them as someone we will undertake to treat in the same way we would like to be treated. It means understanding their standpoint and looking for a win for them as well as for ourselves. When the other party sees that we're treating them with respect, dignity and empathy, they are likely to want to build a long-term working relationship with someone they like and trust. John, uh, and then he says, thanks for the wisdom and the common sense. Well, John, thanks very much for your email. I appreciate your comments. It's good to have somebody agree with you after what I went through earlier in the show. My next email comes from Brian Johnson from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Brian writes, Dear Bob, your show is great. Your information is very relevant to the small businessmen and the interviews are terrific. It's great to hear how other entrepreneurs have struggled to make it and finally become successful. My question is, where do you think mobile marketing is going? Will it be the prominent, the dominant driver of retail sales? Brian, I selected this email because it doves in, dovetails in beautifully with my editorial in the first segment and David, who was my last guest, about the future of entertainment on mobile. It is an extremely relevant question at the moment. The short answer is that mobile is huge. It's booming, but it's still in its infancy. Juniper Research reports that the retail mobile marketing spend will hit $55 billion by 2015, up from $28 billion this year. So in two years, it will double. In addition to smartphones, tablets have created new ways for brands to engage w- with consumers. And e-commerce, which started on desktops and laptops, is becoming increasingly mobile-based. Augmented reality, near-field communication and coupons 
are highlighted. They're innovative platforms for retailers to integrate mobile in-store. Despite the figures and the opportunities, Juniper warns that many companies still don't offer mobile websites, registration or payments. Well, if, you, if you're one of those, then you really have to do something about it and have to do something about it really quickly. So, And if you want to know experts who can do that for you, drop me an email at bob at bobpritchard.com and I will um, point you to some of the best people in the business. Now, this may surprise you, and Facebook may still be trying to figure out how to monetize itself, but it is a mobile company. In fact, in the mobile app space, it is the mobile company. Based on unique visitors determined from Comscore, Facebook leapfrogged Google Maps in October 2012 to become the most popular smartphone app. Facebook app has unbelievable levels of engagement. Facebook app alone accounts for 23% of all time spent on mobile apps. Next to Facebook, Instagram recorded 3% of total time. Add up the time spent on Facebook and Instagram and Facebook achieved over a quarter of the total mobile engagement as of December 2012. So over 25% of the total mobile engagement was with Facebook. Now, when you think that there's 2 million apps and 2,000 new apps being released every day, so 2 million apps, 2,000 new apps every day, Facebook's got 26% of the total time spent. The the top seven apps have 40% of the total time spent. So Facebook's got 26. The next six have got 14. And the next two million plus have got the bit that's left. Brian, I hope that gives you some idea of just how rapidly mobile's growing. It's the first time in history that the uptake of any technology exceeds the number of people on the planet. With developments in smartphone technology that will, it'll dramatically increase the quantity and quality of content. And with at least 2,000 new apps every day, there's no question that mobile is going to be the most dominant communication and retail marketing tool on the planet. Brian, a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets. My latest best-selling book is on its way to you tomorrow. My last email today, which I probably won't get through, but is Alice Munro from Akron, Ohio, who writes, Dear Bob, love the show. In my business, I get volumes of information from our association, and I go through it, highlight the most relevant parts with yellow highlighter, but I still retain very little of it. How is the best way for me to retain information? Hi, Alice. Thanks for listening. I might have to abbreviate this, but I hate to tell you, but highlighting is an absolute waste of time. You know, the world's changing so rapidly and there's so much information, all of us need to digest and learn a whole bunch of information. Now, most of us use strategies like rereading and highlighting, but research shows that these are the most ineffective ways to learn. In a comprehensive report from the Association of Psychological Science, they examined 10 learning tactics 
and rated each from high to low on the basis of their studies. They found the worst way to learn is to highlight and underline, saying they offer no benefit to learning. In fact, highlighting gets in the way. They found the best way to learn and recall is to spread out your study sessions rather than engaging in, you know, one long cramming session like a lot of us do. The longer you want to remember the information, the longer the intervals between should be. The second learning strategy that's highly recommended is practice testing. Research shows that simply recalling information strengthens that knowledge and aids in future retrieval. So the key is to spread out your learning, ditch your highlighter, get busy with your flashcards and continually test yourself. Alice, a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, it's on its way to you. Incidentally, this morning, Amazon only had four copies left, but according to their website, they will be getting more soon. If you're a regular listener to the show and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. Send in your questions, email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard Show. It's a no-bullshit business radio show for entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is to come the same time every week. And thanks for making us the number one entrepreneurs show in the world. And I hope you have a fantastic week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.